Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Welcome to the Vine Street Property Podcast. We talk with entrepreneurs about property, business, and everything in between, providing you with a deep dive into their years of knowledge and experience to help kickstart your property journey. Join us at vinesd.co.uk for regular market updates and our latest investment opportunities. Welcome to another episode of the Vine Street Property Podcast with me, Jack Eskin-Taylor. And today I am here with the lovely Natasha Friend. How are you, Natasha? Hello, I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yes, great, thank you. Thanks very much for coming on. Well, thank you for inviting me. Great, great. I think I um, think Josh uh, thought he'd put me in touch with yourself, um, and I, I was messaging Josh on Facebook um, after we've had him on the podcast, just talking about raising finance and sort of um, talking about BRR deals that we were looking at. And he recommended to speak to yourself, and, and I mentioned the webinar that you were doing. So it's it's really good to connect with you, and it's really good to see what you're doing um, on Facebook and on social media with regards to, to property investing. Thank you. Yeah. Absolutely loving my property journey so far. So great. excited to be here and share it with you guys. Great, great. Thanks very much. Um, normally at the start of the podcast, we just try and sort of go back as far as possible um, into your career before property, um, how you got involved in property and how you made sort of that transition. Be okay? Okay. Yeah, of course. Um, so my background is in finance and banking. Um, I worked for a high street bank for 11 years prior prior to getting into property. Um, I am a fully qualified mortgage advisor, so I've done that role for about three years, um, but just really wanted my own business. Like I just wanted the freedom and the the time that having your own business gives you. Yeah. Um, but I thought you'd have to come up with some sort of brand new, innovative, creative idea, um, and I'm none of those. <laughs> that was until I discovered, so I discovered one of Rob Moore's books, um, it's The 44 yeah. Secrets of Property Investing. Yeah. Um, and as a mortgage advisor, it's quite difficult being a mortgage broker. You're not really open up to the world of property investing. So I thought the only way that you could build a portfolio was to have a really good job or a really successful business, uh, save yeah. lots of money, build up a pot for a deposit, buy a property and then go again. So when I discovered the buy, refurbish, refinance model and how you can, can create a business through property investing and working with um, investors, it really did blow my mind and I was absolutely fascinated by it. So I started to um, educate myself and mm. do all the free courses, webinars, read books. I literally became obsessed with how you could create a business through property. 
um, started to sort of try and invest in property myself whilst working, um, yeah. but only managed to buy one property in the first 12 months. Um, and then my daughter went to school. Um, so the transition from nursery to school was such a big jump and having to manage childcare, so six weeks holidays, um, whilst you've got 25 annual days from your corporate yeah. job, quite difficult. Um, so that really gave me the push and I decided to take a 12 month career break from my job okay. and focus on property full time. Um, and that's when I started to educate myself properly and did a lot of paid courses and got myself a mentor. Um, and then in the last 12 months, I managed to replace my income um, and build a portfolio of just over a million pounds. Nice. It's in the buy, refurbish, refinance model. Nice. Um, yeah, so that's sort of me and my background. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that's great. Um, so with reference to the, the property courses and the, the education and who did you go with and, and how did you did you spend a lot of time did you go on a couple of free courses how did you work out who to go with and and what sort of paid education to do um so yeah i for the year before i took my career break i spent sort of 12 months doing all the free courses i could possibly do yeah reading the books the webinars etc um but i just there was something missing and i wasn't quite sure what it was mm -hmm. um I'm based in Peterborough and Progressive are based in Peterborough. So I went with yeah. Progressive Property. Um, I had a friend that worked there. So she gave me a bit more information about the company itself. And I've done a bit of research, but I just sort of clicked with, with them quite quickly and their values. And I know everyone's got their own opinion about property train companies, but yeah. yeah, no, it really, it just felt right. So I went along to one of their discovery days and mm -hmm. from the back of that, I joined, um, the first one I did was the three-day masterclass. Yeah. Which is all about the buy, refurbish, refinance model and single lets. Mm -hmm. um, so I'd done that. And then off the back of there, went and joined their VIP program where you get a, a mentor and have a lot more support and accountability because mm -hmm. I knew I'd given myself 12 months to sort of replace my job and not have to go back after my career break. I knew I needed to really commit and hold myself accountable and have as much support around me as I possibly could. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So the, the, the BRR model, um, obviously you mentioned that that masterclass touched on sort of single letter BRR model is, th did you know that you were going to stick to that? Um, and why did you choose that sort of strategy amongst obviously all the other shiny penny sort of strategies that everybody gets consumed in serviced accommodation hmos what what made you stick with brr um i think it comes back to like the reason why i wanted my own business was for more freedom like the choice of how you spent your time and yeah more of a yeah easier lifestyle probably yeah <laughs> and uh single lets are probably one of the most passive property strategies out there i know you can outsource a lot nowadays yeah. Um, but yeah, it was the, the fact that it's a simple strategy, easy to learn. Um, you can, it's a good foundation, I think. So it's, it's good to have the experience in the background and doing something quite simple and straightforward. Once you've mastered the process, it's just a case of rinsing and repeating. Yeah. Um, but yeah, don't get me wrong. When I first started out, I was getting very distracted by the shiny pennies. Yeah. And, looking at every other strategy i remember looking at like hmos 
plots of land, just yeah. literally anything and everything. Because you see people, especially on social media, posting um, like the massive profit margins or the cash flow that they're getting from, from yeah. these deals. And buy to let isn't the most sort of sexiest or lucrative strategy out there. It's quite low compared to yeah. a lot of the others in terms of cash flow. Um, but yeah, I just knew my reason why was for the more freedom and time and to have an asset-based portfolio that I can sort of leave to my daughter. Yeah. Down the line. Did you ever look into rent to rent or when you're on any of them, any of the education stuff, did you, do you ever research it or look at the figures? What did you find? Um, what did you think yeah, about rent to rent? Um, I've got three rent to rent service accommodation um, now, but for the first sort of year, I didn't really want to diverse my um, sort of focus and attention from single lets. Yeah. So yeah, we, we've got three rent to rent service accommodation properties. Cash flow is great, but it is very time consuming compared to the single lets. Once your tenants have been, mm -hmm. generally don't hear a great deal from them. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was just to have another sort of diverse income stream. Mm -hmm. Are they in Peterborough? Yes. Yeah. Okay. How long have you had them for? Um, so we've got a four bed, three bathroom property that, um, so I've just seen my puppy has gone into the Sorry. So we've got a four bed, three bathroom house, which we've had nearly a year since September last year. And then we took our next one on, which is a three bed, two bathroom in January this year. And then our third in June this year. Okay, nice, nice. Do you think you're going to continue to grow that rent-to-rent -rent portfolio? Probably not, no. Mm -hmm. It's not really where we're focusing our time and energy at the minute. Our main focus is the buy-to-lets and building that portfolio. Yeah. Okay. And with regards to the BRR model, um, have you used all your own cash? Have you had any partners, JV partners? Have you raised any finance? What, what's been the process? Yeah, so to get started, I sold my car. So after learning all about assets and liabilities, really? <laughs> yeah, invest in assets and lease liabilities, I sold, sold my uh, Range Rover Evoque. No way. And, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and got myself at a pot. And I also refinanced my property. So I had about 40000 in total just to get me started. Yeah. Um, and then from that going forward, obviously I've leased a car and one of my houses pays for the monthly premium of the lease nice. and yeah I just educated myself a lot more around um, assets and liabilities and where you should be spending your money to build the, the best sort of wealth yeah for your money um, I was gonna say. yeah so after that I have worked with investors I've raised just under half a million pounds now with nice. investors um, on a straightforward loan agreement basis Mm -hmm. I haven't joint ventured with anyone. It's all been um, through investment into our property on a fixed return for X amount of months. Okay, nice. And how did you go about um, finding those investors? I think I know personally, I've seen you quite a few times on Facebook in the, in the progressive group um, posting quite probably quite consistently. Um, I definitely, I've definitely seen you quite a few times. Is, is that where you've raised um, some finance or met, or met some investors through those groups? Yeah, so I've raised finance through, um, my first investor was a member of my family, 
and I really couldn't believe that they actually invested like the most risk averse person ever. <laughs> but yeah, he was my first investor. And then I've raised finance through Progressive Property Community, through their VIP community, okay. um, through social media. So I had an investor come to me, actually, which is now starting to happen, which is nice. great because that's the ultimate get, um, goal is to attract investors to you. So I've had, yeah. just onboarded a new investor who told me I was on his social media stalking list. <laughs> knew he was selling a company, knew he'd be in a position to invest with some people. So he's got a pot for his own investments to invest with other people and a pot for joint ventures. Nice. Um, and yeah, he asked to arrange a, a Zoom call and said he's been watching me, watching all the progress I've done, viewing sort of our previous deals that I've sh shared on social media. Yeah. And yeah, he's now gone on to fully fund our next hour of social media. It shows, especially during lockdown and these times where we can't get out and physically network with meet investors. So it just shows the power of social media and documenting your journey, not yeah. actually asking for money outright on social media, but yeah. Um, also raised finance through business networking. Um, I'm a member of BNI chapter mm -hmm. in Peterborough. And yeah, they're, they're sort of the main main ways, progressive social media and business networking. Okay. Do you think um, that being present in on social media and also going to BNI and putting yourself out there in a lot of places has, has sort of give you a lot of credibility for those investors? Yeah, definitely. I think... Um, like everyone says, they need to sort of know, like, and trust you. Yeah. It would be very rare for an investor that, to never have heard you or to have not been recommended to you to then just commit and invest with you because obviously it's a significant significant risk and amount of money that they're investing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just putting yourself out there as much as possible is, like, one of my biggest top tips and tell everyone what you do. Yeah. Um, and change your mindset around money because it's really important that you mm -hmm. um, sort of have the mindset that you are there to solve your investors' problems. Yeah. Their problem is their money is obviously sat in the bank earning absolute peanuts at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and you can help solve their problems using your time, your knowledge and your skills. Yeah. Um, whilst obviously it's helping you to build your property business. Yeah. Okay, have you got any tips for uh, for people just starting out? I know when me and my business partner started, it was hard to keep to well to stay confident, consistently keep up with with posting, um, and also a bit of sort of imposter syndrome, sort of feeling like is it you know am I am I in a position to be able to say these things and put this stuff on my social media? Did did you have any of those challenges, and and what what did it feel like? What did you do to overcome them? Yeah, no, definitely. I remember that feeling um, very well. But I think you just got to sort of keep yourself motivated and keep pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. Because I, I remember going to my first networking event. It was like November 2018, whilst I was doing my own education. So I wasn't involved with Progressive yet. Um, yeah. And I sat in the car for like half an hour convincing myself to get uh -huh. out and go to this networking event. Like I was absolutely terrified. <laughs> and now I love it. But it's just yeah. a case of keep pushing yourself out of your comfort zone because that's when you're going to grow. Um, yeah. And networking is such an important part of your property business because it is a people business, really. Whether you're networking with 
investors or agents or going yeah. to meet vendors it's um a really really important part so yeah just keep going and everyone started uh, as a beginner at, at some point didn't they so yeah I think, and i do find compared to other sort of industries property is quite a supportive industry it's yeah it is isn't it yeah yeah you can reach out to people and 95 percent of the time they would be happy to help and support you any way they can because i think everyone does remember what it's like starting out as a beginner and having those dreams and goals and your vision that you want to get started it is yeah i've i found it's definitely a more supportive than competitive environment and industry to be in yeah isn't it when 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 i first sort of went to i think the first sort of networking event that i went to was a progressive uh, the multiple streams with like the free weekend in liverpool um and i was really shocked at how everyone was on social media and how helpful everyone was i was sort of like isn't everybody competitors here on like of all these people looking to buy property in liverpool are they sort of not competing against each other i was sort of a bit baffled by it um but as you get get more involved in it you sort of understand that everyone is sort of still helping each other out um everyone's got the same goals haven't they yeah yeah no definitely and that's something that took me by surprise i wasn't sure if it was just sort of the progressive community and what they had created when i first started my training yeah but no definitely not and even with the sort of the business network inside i think it's very different from being an employee and working in sort of corporate world yeah. compared to yeah having your own business and being in property okay um just wanted to sort of pick your brain potentially on, on one of your deals um doesn't necessarily have to be your best one um or your worst one um <laughs> but but maybe a, a deal that may that may um give some people a, a good insight into the brr model um, maybe one that you had some struggles with with regards to finance or maybe moving on to a mortgage after or the refurb um something that may be a bit interesting um so we've had one recently that we've had a few challenges with but that's given cor coronavirus and the, the current climate yeah um so it was a two-bed masonette do you want all the figures yeah if, you, if you've got yeah. them off the top of your head yeah um it was a two-bed masonette that we purchased for sixty thousand pounds the lease was um only 44 years left and i think that's what put a lot of people off um, it took quite a while for the vendor to accept our offer actually probably about four or five months in total yeah um, then she finally accepted our offer which was 60,000 and we previously went up to 67 but because it's really, yeah. a long time wow. <laughs> yeah finally agree seven grand left as well um, but that was really cool but the lease only had 44 years remaining and you can ask the vendor to submit if i remember rightly a section 42 mm -hmm. which is a request for a lease extension and then they can pass that on to i have to edit this bit out <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, cute. yeah so they can submit a section 42 and pass that on to the new buyer but for some reason the vendor wasn't prepared to do that it's literally like really one, yeah i would cover all the costs and then wow. you've got a out of money um more on the purchase price if they'd done that but they wouldn't do it it was their mum's property and she'd passed away so i understand they were sort of quite emotional about it yeah so i'm a freeholder directly 
um, right. and agree to for the, him to agree for us to extend the lease as soon as we'd purchased the property. So we'd done a sort of pre-agreement um, with our solicitor, and that all went went through fine. It cost just over twenty two thousand for the lease extension, so it was wow. quite expensive. Um, and it did need a full refurbishment, so we completed the refurb and then um, had the property valued literally two days before lockdown. So we were like so happy we'd managed to get the property physically valued yeah. um, two days before the official lockdown. They valued the property at 120,000. We were hoping oh. for 130. Okay. Um, but given the climate, I was quite happy and just sort of accepted the fact that it was going to be 10 grand lower than what we were aiming for. Yeah. Um, they issued the mortgage offer, everything looked like it's going through fine. And then when official lockdown came into play and sort of the lenders started to get really scared, um, they retracted the mortgage offer wow. and said they would only lend 60% loan to value. Oh. Yeah. Wow. So that was a bit of a stinger. And it was a lender that didn't allow um, a further advance to be done. So I thought, oh, maybe we could just release the 60% for now. Yeah. And then do a further advance, sort of six months to 12 months that later down the line to release the, the remaining equity. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was a lender that, that wouldn't allow that. So then I asked to switch from a two-year, a five-year fix to a two-year fix and they wanted us to pay a valuation fee even though the valuation had already been done because this new two-year product um, had a valuation fee and the five-year one that we were going with initially didn't so they wanted us to do that and pay a product switch um, fee so then I was like I spoke to my broker and we decided to go to a different lender so a lender that was um, happy to do the automated valuations during lockdown Mm -hmm. so we got that done that came back even lower, so they valued it at 105,000. Oh. Um, but I thought, okay, if we can, um, if we can get 75% of that, that's still better than the 60% of 120. Yeah, and then they uh came back and said they'd only do 70% loan to value because of our portfolio and our current uh gearing, yeah, on the loan to value. Um, so yeah, that was a bit of a shit situation to be yeah. honest but it's it's not the worst case it, we've got an investor who's lent us a hundred thousand pounds for five years okay um, so our sort of after having a discussion with him he's quite comfortable and we're quite comfortable just taking what we can out of the deal for now yeah um, because it was a cash purchase and then within the next five years we'll look to refinance and pull the rest of the money back out um, it just means obviously it, it's tied in a dip in the property at the minute. So we've got a property that, that is worth at least 120,000, which it was valued at yeah. um, 73 grand mortgage on it. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. You say the investor would be um, is interested in lending money for five years. When me and my business partner, Joe, first started out, um, I can remember being in the office and we were trying to work out how we could structure deals, what type of deals we would go for. And we always had in the back of our mind that people will only lend for six or 12 months. We were always struggling to see that people or investors would be interested in locking money in for longer or, or would be interested in longer terms. Yeah. Um, most of our investors, well, yeah, pretty much all of them have gone on to reinvest. Yeah. And I think once they've sort of 
tried and tested you out and yeah. loaned you a little bit of money and everything's gone well and they've liked the way you've worked together and your communication throughout the project etc a lot mm -hmm. of them are quite keen to go again unless they've got yeah. a reason for wanting that money to spend it on something mm -hmm. um, just obviously going to be sat in the bank and then they're going to have to retest and try on someone else yeah um, and i think it, once they've gone through all the legal costs and the contracts and everything it is a lot of them do generally want to invest longer term um, yeah but we do we do our loan contracts generally like you said six to 12 months yeah um, first and then then go from there okay okay good that's that's really interesting to hear how you're um how you're structuring it um on the when you had to um on that project, did you sort of have to renegotiate the terms? Were they already built into the contract? Was that, that something you'd planned for? Or was it just, did you have to draw up a new, a new sort of loan agreement or a contract? Um, no, because he'd already committed to invest the 100000 for five years. Um, right. But it was just sort of having a discussion with him and explaining, we've tried another lender and this is the sort of situation we're in. The equity is obviously the capital still in the property as equity. Yeah, um, and getting a feel for how comfortable they were with that, and the fact that we can't reuse it at present for another property. Yeah, um, yeah. So no, we didn't really need to change the contract. It was just an open and honest conversation. Yeah, really. and I think as long as you are open and honest and you share your challenges, a lot of investors will understand that there are going to be things that go wrong, whether it's a refurb that goes over budget or takes longer than anticipated or you get down valuation or there's mm -hmm. so many things that can go wrong obviously we yeah. try and mitigate them as much as possible and have more than one exit strategy that was the other alternative we could have sold the flat and still made a profit okay um, but yeah our, our goal is to buy and hold as much yeah. as we can so Okay. Um. What What's the plans for the future? Have you got Have you got a a figure in mind or an amount of properties that you're targeting for, and specific areas that you're going to work in? What What's the plan? Um. So our goal is a hundred properties before I'm forty. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm going to officially retire and just travel the world. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. And no, I just to really continue to to build the portfolio. Um, and help as many people as we can get started and scale in their property business as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, just finding ways to, to build it quicker. So working with portfolio landlords or buying yeah. blocks of flats above commercial properties. Um, mm -hmm. Still following the buy refurbish refinance single let model, but you know, yeah. just scaling. Scaling up. Okay. And the, um, the BRR uh, webinar that you did, are you going to do more? sort of education stuff like that do you like giving back and helping people what, what's the reason behind it yeah no I absolutely love giving back and helping people and the um, webinar I just done was amazing we had 220 people wow for it. Uh, I know <laughs> I <completely laughs> Whoa. that's a lot of people I got, yeah I got some really really good feedback so my aim is probably to do one a month I mean they are quite time consuming putting every yeah. content together and doing sort of a practice run I'm not the most technical person so we had a few little technical slips but now I got some really really good feedback and as we said at the beginning when we were talking before the podcast um, I've spent in excess of £15,000 on my property education and my training yeah. which don't get me wrong I am 
a million percent happy that I've done that. That fifteen thousand pounds has probably created over three hundred grand in equity in properties, or I've not even yeah. worked it out. But it's been a really good return on investment, um, and I've got a lot more out of that than I did in my degree. But I want to be able to help people and share my knowledge and experience and my education and everything I've learned through my training and mentorship for an absolutely fraction of the price. I mean, I'd yeah. give as much free content away as I possibly can. Um, yeah. but for an actual sort of course or mastermind it's going to be yeah a lot cheaper than what I've had to pay out yeah yeah just to help as many people as we can get started or scale yeah okay that's great it's, it's really nice to hear that you're, you're giving back and helping people um i assume that as a lot of people get bigger and and, and their portfolio gets bigger and, and their workload increases they probably stuff like that sort of gets put on the back burner doesn't it um for a lot yeah. of people i would guess yeah no i do think so but with single lets it is quite a passive sort of strategy and if you've got a good letting agent on your side which is really really important um then yeah, you, you can find the time to give back and help and share your knowledge and experience with people, which yeah. is something yeah, I'm really passionate about doing. Okay, okay, that's great. Um, if people wanted to get in contact with you after they've listened to the podcast, where, where can people reach out to you? Um, anywhere and everywhere, really. I'm on <laughs> Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram. Um, they can email me. Facebook's probably the best. Yeah. Facebook, yeah. I've got a, a virtual assistant who helps me manage nice. my social media now. Um, because yeah, I do get a lot of people in contact wanting help and support. And that's another reason why I did the webinar so I can sort of refer yeah. people to a re- resource that's there um, mm-hmm. to sort of save time as well. Nice. Okay. All right, that's great. That's been really, really good. That was a, a great podcast. Um, and it would be, be really good to see how your property journey continues and, and keep in touch. Yeah, no, definitely. Thank you. It's really good fun. Great. Sorry Thank- about my podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. No worries. All right. Thanks very much. We talk with entrepreneurs about property, business, and everything in between, providing you with a deep dive into their years of knowledge and experience to help kickstart your property journey. Join us at vinesd.co.uk for regular market updates and our latest investment opportunities.